Church, we are continuing in our series uh, entitled Building Christmas Traditions. Building Christmas Traditions. And in this particular series, we've been uh, talking about establishing certain traditions that are root, rooted within the context of the scripture that will help us for sure keep Christ in Christmas. Uh, we say that every year that Jesus is the reason for the season. And so we've been talking about some traditional things that we can do because what I've come to find out in life, what I've come to discover in life, that a lot of times if you don't do some things on purpose, uh, uh, you lose your purpose. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't purpose to put God on the schedule, how many know that, that God won't get on the schedule? If you don't purpose to pray, more than likely you won't get up to what? pray. So we're talking about traditions. And so we talked in week one, we talked about the tradition of sharing your faith. And obviously that's something we want to be doing at all times. But in this particular season of Christmas, we want to make sure that we uh, go out of our way just a little bit more to establish that tradition of sharing our faith in some shape or form. So we talked about that uh, in week one. Last week, we talked about um, establishing a tradition of forgiveness, offering the gift of forgiveness. Probably the best gift that you can give somebody is that you take the initiative to fix a strained relationship. And I understand that sometimes maybe you're not you're not in that situation, uh, but maybe, you know, somebody else who is in a strained relationship. The Bible says that we're the blessed are the peacemakers. So part of what we do as Christians, that, that, that we, we just figure out ways to to go around and be a blessing and to advocate for the things of God. And, and, and that means working in the lives of people, uh, at least helping them to, to see God's will and getting their lives uh, fixed and relationship fixed, doing it all for the glory of God. Uh, so uh, we want to continue this week and we're going to talk about uh, a tradition of contentment, a tradition of contentment. This particular message is, is pretty exciting for me and, um, uh, you know, because it strikes at the core of what I believe because you say, well, Pastor, why is this message, uh, this, this subject so exciting for you? Because I had to learn this, you know, you know, the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter four that he had to learn how to be content. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That, that sometimes life had to teach you. How many of you made some dumb decisions and you realize over time, uh, you know, you got better. You learn from your mistakes. So contentment is something that's very personal to me. And, and so I'll be drawn from some things in my own personal life uh, uh, that will kind of help us to drive home the point. And, and so you've heard me, uh, you know, all the time, and this is something that you hear me echo all the time about uh, overspending uh, in this time of year, uh, how many people are out in the malls and they're shopping and, and they're doing all those wonderful things and looking for gifts for their loved ones, which is absolutely great. Uh, but sometimes we go overboard. And I believe that sometimes we find ourselves uh, going overboard, spending outside of our means uh, because, because we're not content. And I, and I think that sometimes um, um, we uh, pass on the same spirit, uh, you know, to our children. Uh, we live in a generation of insatiable desires where it seems like 
that, uh, you know, we, we're not satisfied unless we get more and more and more. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, you get a real nice house. How many know that house ain't, ain't nice enough? You get a nice car, well, you know what? You got to get a nicer car. Or you get a nice phone, you know. Well, you know what? I got to get the next thing. It's, it, you know, it's the reason why Apple keeps selling. Come on, church. It's the reason why Android keeps selling. Every year, you know what they do every year? They're catering to a, a, a generation of people that are insatiable. They're not content. They always want the next thing. And, and, and one of the most frustrating things, you ever notice sometimes when you, when you give, your, especially one of your children, something, and they'll look at it for about a good 15, 20 minutes, and then they're off to the next thing. It's like all that fuss and yelling and screaming about you wanted that. Now you want something else. And it seems like we get caught in this vicious, this vicious cycle. You know, where we're always, where we just never, like, like the Bible says, ever learning, come on, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And so in part then, we, 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 in, 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 our, in our pursuit to want to make people happy, uh, uh, we're not helping them. We're not helping our young people to find a place of, you know what, if I don't get, how many of you have ever had your kids say this? Let me know. I, I just want to know about a show of hands. How many of you, your kids ever said to you, that, Mom, I'm good. I'm fine. I don't, I don't want anything. Whatever I got, I, I just get what I, I take what I got. I'm fine. I don't need anything. I'm good. Have anybody ever heard the kids say that? No, right? I, I can't get one hand up. No, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? And in fact, and if they don't, if they don't, if, if they're not just kids, though. Come on. Some of you got, we got people. To, if people don't get what they want, they get what? Upset about it. And then what happened is sometimes in our pursuit to want to make them happy, we end up overspending. Right? Because, and then we start going outside of our, our boundaries. In my own personal life, I remember there was time, my wife and I, I hate to say this, but, but I'm going to take you back. This was some years ago. But, man, you know, it, the, the budget was really tight for my family. And, and all, you know, and during the, in this time of year, they send these things in the mail, these predatory uh, lenders, you know what I'm talking about. They'll send you a thing in the mail to say, man, you can get $5,000 right now, instant cash. Now, and you're thinking to yourself, you already, you ain't got but a little bit, right? And, and, and you're thinking, man, I should, such and such want this and they want that, and I got to get them that because that's what they've been wanting. And, and, and you don't even care it's charging you 50 cent interest, 50% 50, 50 interest. You don't even care that the thing, that, that, that the 5000 you paid, that you're going to probably end up paying $15,000 for something that was, a, you, you follow what I'm saying? But you don't, you don't see that because, because what happens is, that, and I believe it's part of this system, it feeds, it sucks you in. It sucks you in, and then and, and, and you've got to, okay, it, it, because you've you got a sense in your heart, and you know that the person that won't be content unless you do it. And so what do you do? You do it. And then you got to work extra hours, which means you're going to spend more time away from your what? Your family. Probably not be able to come to church because you're too tired because you've been overworking. Oh, am, I, am I talking this morning? Amen. See, what we got to do, how many know church that we got to be different than the world? Because, see, how many know that we have a mission? I want you to get this in your spirit. Now, first of all, let me just let me say with this because somebody will get me wrong. There is not a problem at all with buying gifts and blessing people. Can somebody say amen? Hey, now listen, you got people you want to bless them. Shop, give them great gifts. I got no problem with that. But how I many, but church, we need, but we need to do it in a way 
that, that the world know that we are content in whatever state that we find ourselves. You follow what I'm saying? We got to do it in a way that we don't communicate to the world that we're not satisfied unless we get stuff. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, stuff will dissipate. Trust me. That's why they keep building more and more stuff. Now, now so I was listening um, uh, uh, yesterday, and I read this, and some of you may have heard about it. Now, I'm not judging this person. I'm not, I don't, I'm not judging this pastor. But this pastor, he, he pastors a large church out in North Carolina. Some of you may have read about it. Uh, but he purchased his wife a, uh, a Lamborghini. Uh, now, if you know anything about a Lamborghini, he paid over $200,000 for that car. Anybody hear about that story? Now, I'm not here to judge the man. I'm not here to say, oh, you, you sin. You shouldn't have cut. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I think my wife is worth $200,000 and a whole lot more. Come on. I'm just saying. But, 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 but here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he sinned. I'm not saying he, he, uh, you know, he was wrong to do that. But here's what I am saying. How many know that as Christians, we got to be careful about the message that we send people? See, it may have not been nothing wrong with it, but you got to understand, though, what's the message behind that? In other words, are we sending a message to people? Because how many know the people, even people who don't go to church and read their Bibles, they know the Christian ain't supposed to be in love with money. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, people will become, uh, they will become scholars real quick, won't they? Man, I mean, all of a sudden, man, they don't even go to church, but they know, man, if you're supposed to be Christian, that you're not supposed to be running around, you know, all about money and stuff. Now, again, I'm not saying that brother was wrong. I'm just saying maybe it wasn't the wisest way to do it. I'm just saying. Because if, and see, I'll give you an example. Apostle Paul, I don't have time to read it. Y'all got to help me with it. Stay with me in this. I'm going someplace. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Apostle Paul talked a lot about his apostleship because there were those who was questioning his apostleship. They were saying, there was some was trying to say that Paul was hungry for money, that he was in it for all the wrong reasons. So what Paul did, Paul said, I have a right as an apostle, as a preacher of this gospel, to receive money to support myself just like any other uh, farmer who plants a harvest. What farmer plants a har- plants a plants and a harvest and he don't Take from the harvest. So Paul was saying, I have every right to do it. But Paul said, here's what, because there were so many people running them out talking about it. I'm not saying we need to live by that, but I'm just saying, Paul said, you know what? I decided not to take my right. Go back and read it for yourself. And why did he do it? Because Paul says, either way, whether I'm going to get paid or not, I got to preach the gospel anyway. So Paul was saying that what's more important to me is people get right with God. And how many know, church, that sometimes if we're not careful, our lack of contentment will cause people to stumble and not get right with God because our affections are seen in the wrong place. Are y'all with me on that? So our affections cannot be seen in the things. Now, we can use the things, but that can't be where our affection lies. And then we got to be careful of the message that we send people when they see us in the malls, when they see us shopping, when they see us buying things, do they see you upset and mad? And and, and parents, let me tell you something right now, and and I'm, I'm talking about myself in this. If you look at your kids and your kids get upset at you for something that they didn't get, and I'm talking about something they need. 
but they mad at you. Their lips are poked out because you didn't get them that one thing that they wanted. Then you know what? You got work to do. That's a sign right there that, that they're not getting it because they're looking for happiness in things. Y'all get what I'm saying this morning, church. I'm trying to, I'm, 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 tell, I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to help us. See, God's going to help us. See, let's talk a little bit. Let's, let, me, let me take it to the word a little bit because, you know, we got to preach the word. That's what we do here. Um, you know, by the way, Billy Graham. Remember Billy Graham? Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist probably of our generation and beyond. That man, I mean, reached more people. Millions, I don't know, gazillions amounts of money flowing through his organization. Billy Graham lived in North Carolina in a very tiny, modest house. And you would think with a man who had all that money that was coming in, and I'm sure the people say, well, how come Billy Graham? I mean, you could you could do better than this. You know, he said, you know what? I, I, I don't want people to, I don't want people to, I want people to understand that it's not about the things. I want them to understand that, that, that it's about your soul. It's about your salvation. And you know what? And I don't want to do it. I, I don't want, listen, it's not that I can't, can I afford it? Yes, I can, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Why? Because I don't want you to trip up. And we live in a generation today where there's too many God's people, leaders in the pulpit, who have an attitude that says, I don't care what you think, I'm going to do what I believe God's calling me to do. I'm just saying, I don't think that's the way they did it in the Bible. That's not the way the Apostle Paul thought. He considered, he considered, he said, I became all things of all men that I might win, what? Some. Y'all get what I'm saying? The Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. Do not love the world. Do not love the world. Talking about a tradition of contentment. Do not love the world or the things in the, in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Watch this. For all that is in the world. This is it right here. This is where everything is in the world. Kids, I want you to listen up to. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Here's the problem. It is not of the Father, but of this world. And the world is passing away. I know it don't seem like it. You look at TV, man, and you watch all this stuff, and you think, but, but, but the Bible says this world is passing away. This world system is going down the drain. It's going down the tubes. The world is passing away. But he who does the will of God, watch this, is going to abide what? forever. So he says, do not love the world. Talking about the world, talking about this world system. Because how do we know the Bible said that Satan is a God of this what? World. And the system of this world is designed to keep you and I, or pull you and I away from God. Everything about, see this is why you got to be forceful in how you serve God. Because every, how do we know that you ain't going to, listen, you ain't, you're not going to get up in the morning, you're going to read in newspaper articles and on TV, everybody, people, you know, sources out there telling you, you need to get in your word, you need to spend time with God. Come on, church. Uh, uh, you need to read your Bible, you need to pray. How many know you ain't going to get it from the news? You ain't going to get it from work. You ain't going to get it from the messaging that you see uh, in the checkout line, in the magazines. Like y'all, you, everything about this world is designed to pull you away from God. Everything. That's why our young people think that that's all there is. And that's why sometimes they don't want to hear it because they're too full of it. They're getting, they're getting a, listen, they're getting so much of it in their ear, they can't even see. And so as a, as a man and woman of God, you got to make sure that you're keeping God before them. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? We got to make sure we're keeping God before us. All that is in the world, watch this, is the lust of the flesh. How many know our nature is broken? Lust of the flesh means, <laughs> lust of the flesh is our, 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 our broken nature that craves evil things. Our immorality, we have a disposition toward immorality, sexual immorality, anger, hatred, bitterness, revenge, unforgiveness. All of these are lust of the what? Flesh. It's natural. It's what we do. We're bent toward that. He said, then all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes. In other words, how many know that we live in a generation where, you know, our eyes are insatiable? Man, what we see, we want it, don't we? And you know what? It's never enough. You know, you can look at one thing, man, and I catch, I catch myself sometimes. I mean, you know, myself, man, I've been dealing with this for a while. And, man, and I'll, I'll see one because I like gadgets. Anybody else like gadgets? Walter, don't try to act like you're holy. But, you know, you like gadgets, right? And then, man, you know, you get one day, I like this, man. I was like, I've been telling my wife, I mean, I got the iPhone X a while ago, and I was like, this is a nice phone. I love this phone. And, you know, this is great, man. And, and then somebody had that, the iPhone X Plus. I, they got the Plus. Now, mind you, that before I got the X, I had a Plus. And I said, this thing was too big. I don't want the Plus. So I got the smaller version. I got, I got the... This is, this is great because I can text with one hand. I said, yeah, I love it. But all of a sudden, I'm looking at, I'm, just for, I'm not going to say the name, but I'm looking at Betty's phone. And I see the iPhone X Plus. And I thought, <laughs> maybe I need that. You know, and in my, in my mind, I'm, I'm starting to go there. But, but here, what, what started that? What started that? My lust of my eyes. See, that's the way our generation is, right? You never get enough. You're always looking for the next best thing. You know, you're always looking for the next best him, the next best her. We're, all, we're never satisfied. The lust of the eyes. And then he says, the pride of life. What is the pride of life? See, this speaks of man's independence from God. I don't need God. I can do whatever it is I want to do. I can live my life the way I want to live it, and I'm not accountable to anybody but me. That's called pride of life. See? So he says all of this, the lust, watch this. He says that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, he said none of this is of God. But all of that is of this world, and he says, watch this, and it's all passing away. All of it. All of it is passing away. Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Not might be, church. It says will be. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Watch this. This is amazing. Because what Peter is saying here is that to understand now, because we have to keep telling ourselves these things. Because how many know the world don't tell us this? No, the world tell us, man, this will make you happy. The world tell us this will make you satisfied. See, the world tell us you're going to be okay. All you need is one more puff, one more drink. Come on. The world will tell you that's all you need. They don't tell you the truth. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? But he says now, 
knowing us talking about Christians. He says, now, since you know that these things are going to dissolve, he says, now, since you already know this, what kind of person are you to be? In other words, he's saying, since you know the truth, now you, you need to walk a certain way. You need to walk like you understand what's happening. How many know that the Christians ought to know what's happening? We do know the I mean, you know the truth. You just got to keep telling it. That's why it's good to come to church and keep hearing the word of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Because everything, because all week you've been getting everything but that. <laughs> come on. You get every message you get ain't rooted in God at all. How many know you got to surround yourself with the word of God? You got to feed. You got to, sometimes you got to force feed yourself. Because the world going to force feed you. How many know the world is always force feeding something down your throat? Trying to get you to swallow its belief system. Trying to get you to swallow the way they do things. And we got to be different. The Bible says, let, our, let heaven be our treasure. It says in Matthew 6, verse 19 and 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Come on, church. They ain't going to die if they don't get the most important gift they wanted. Come on. <laughs> How many know they'll survive in Jesus' name? I mean, that's paradise me you tell a kid. You're you, you acting crazy. You'll be all right. You ain't going to die. You'll be all right. <laughs> you know. See, so how many know we got to be wise? See, we, see, we got to be wise. He said, but lay up for yourself treasures where? In heaven. See, our affection. The Bible says in Colossians chapter, believe, 3, verse 1, it says, set your affection on things what? Above and not on the earth. So give you an example of somebody who, who took an opposite view, the rich young ruler. Turn to, if you got your Bibles, I want you to look at I want you to look at this. If you got your PDAs, your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, your Androids, whatever it is that you like to read. But go to Luke chapter 18, verses 18 and 23. This is a perfect example. This verse is it's a shame in a way, but you know what? Now before you start to judge this person I'm about to read about. I believe that there's a little bit of all of us in this guy right here. Now, I know what you're thinking. No, pastor. No, 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 no. I'm telling you right now. We all got a little bit of this in us. But how many know that we all first got to be honest with ourselves? If you, in order for you to get delivered, you got to be honest with yourself, right? And so we all got to be, we all got to tell the truth. He's, well, watch this guy. And this is, a, this is the rich young ruler in verse number 18. It says, now a certain ruler asked him, came to Jesus. Says, good teacher. So, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, what do I do? I'm going to be right with God. So, Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Bam. Got that. Do not murder. I ain't did that. Boom. I'm good. Do not steal. Boom. I don't do that either. Do not bear false witness. No, I ain't into that. Honor your father and your mother. And then he said, all these things I did from the time that I was a tiny baby. Can y'all see the enthusiasm in his voice? Can y'all see the excitement? He said, man, he said, well, I've been doing this all my life. I've done all this stuff. And then, how me know, it takes Jesus to expose where you really are. <laughs> see, this is why y'all, this is why we pray. One of the reasons why we pray to get talk to God a lot of times, because he'll show us things about ourselves that we're ignoring, that, or that we don't even know. If anybody ever talked to the Lord and God showed you, you thought you was one place and God showed you that you were someplace else. And you got that revelation. You said it. So, oh, I thought I, I thought I was all right. 
All of a sudden, man, you pray to God, talk to God, and God show you a side of yourself. You said, oh, I didn't know that was there. This is what happened to the rich young ruler. So Jesus heard these things. He said, Jesus said to him, yeah, but you still lack one thing, son. Here it is. Y'all ready for this? Sell all that you have. Look at this, Edwin. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. <laughs> give it to the poor. He didn't tell him, said, look, now, it's not that God is saying that to all of us. But God was talking specifically to him. How many know that, that, that God speaks to us individually? Yeah. See, what might be right for Walter may not be right for me. And I know sometimes, how many know your kids do it too, right? Don't, yeah. you know, well, such and such ain't do it. I take one phone. Are you taking her phone too? Y'all, y'all, anybody here, you know what I'm saying? This morning, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, so Jesus is specifically talking because he knows exactly where he is. So he's dealing with him. And he says to him, he says, you like one thing, man. It's like, Lord, if you think of yourself, like, Lord, can you like left that alone? <laughs> like, really? Like, like, you would think like, look, look, Walter, you think if I'm doing right, I'm, you know, going to church, I'm tithing, I ain't, I ain't stealing from nobody, I ain't committing adultery. Uh, you know, I got to, can, like, can, can you just leave me alone? Let me keep my, I mean, you know, let me keep my money. I do get, Lord, I give God 10%. <laughs> 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 I, I give my every come on, let me let, let me alone now. Jesus said, oh, why did Jesus do this? He says, I mean, God could Jesus could have said, go look, go and sell about 50% half of what you got. I might have that might have been like, okay, cool. I, Jesus said, look, let's go back to the word here. So he, he said, You like one thing, sell all that you have. <laughs> Empty your bank account, son. And then distribute to the poor. In other words, you ain't getting none for this. Oh, come on. All your hard work, all the money and stuff you work for all your life, and you just want me to go sell everything and give it away? What kind of person do you think I am? Wait a minute, man. Distribute to the poor. He says, here's what the trade-off was. He says, now watch, here's the trade-off. Y'all with me say amen. He said, and you will have treasure in heaven. See, he was shifting his focus. Are y'all getting that? He was, because he knew exactly where. He knew where his affection was. He knew where his treasure was. His treasure wasn't heaven. His treasure was in his money. He didn't know it. There's a lot of people who are sitting in church every week. Their treasure is in their money, and some of them don't know it. Now, some of them do, but then there's some who don't even have a clue. They think they're all right with God because they give a little bit. Come on, church. Oh, y'all, see, how many know that you can do all the right things, give, give money to the kingdom of God, but the money still have you? How many know back? Because God knows your what? Pastor don't know your heart, but God knows your heart. He said, you like one thing, sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven, come and follow me. But the Bible says, when he heard that, he says, I'm out of here. (laughs) He didn't even try to argue with the point. He said, <laughs> dude, that, I ain't doing that. I wonder if Jesus came and he says, I want you to take everything, sell all that you got, give to the poor, come and follow me. Y'all, you know, we listen and we read it. It sounds like it's a, how many know reading it and actually doing it is two different things? I mean, you think about it, he come and he tell you, I mean, you've been living here, you got a family, you got money, you got people, you got job, you got security. Abraham, leave. <laughs> I ain't telling where you're going. Get up and go. I'll let you know when you get going. I mean, no, that takes some faith. <laughs> Come on. That'll take a little faith. 
But, but he said this because he knew exactly where he was. His, his, his trust was in his pocketbook. Could you be content if you don't have what you have right now? Now, I said this before, so when I say, every time I say this, man, people look at me like I'm crazy. But watch this. Can you be, with, can you be satisfied with Jesus and Jesus alone? If push came and said, if all you had is Jesus, could you be, or do you, do you have to have this other stuff? It makes you think, doesn't it? So how many know that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, the Bible says we're the light of the world, right? All right, so we're the light of the world. So if all the world, if the most of the world, and I, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, that I believe that most of the world put a lot of value and a lot of stock in material things. So their happiness is based on what? Material things. You're like, in the video the diver showed you earlier, there some people said, man, one person said, man, straight, if I had more money, if I had a bigger house, had a bigger car, you know, how many of you said that? Man, if I had hit the lottery. Now, I know Christians don't play the lottery. <coughs> All right. <laughs> I almost choked on myself when I said, but man, if I didn't hit the lottery, man, what, what would you do with that five? With that, how many they had the biggest lottery thing not too long ago? It was, I don't know, some million. Man, if I just, Lord, if I didn't hit the lottery, then God, I'll start giving you money. I'll start giving you 10% then, God. Yeah, right. How many know that if you really are serious and you really understand it, you start giving God 10% where you are. If you ain't doing it now, you ain't going to do it when he give you more. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because there's a problem in the way that you approach money and approach purchasing of things. Am I making any sense to anybody this morning? So the Bible says that we're the light of the world. So here's what he's trying to say. Our job is, watch this, particularly during Christmas season, I'm going to say this, is to show people that it's not about material. You know, we say Jesus is the reason for the season, but we tear them malls up every year. <laughs> y'all, y'all hear me? I'm saying, now, what, say with me now. now. I already told you, so don't get defensive. Ain't nothing wrong with buying stuff. I'm just saying, but that consumes us, and then we start looking like and smelling like everybody else. But we're saying he's the reason for the season, but we're contradicting ourselves because there's nothing that we're doing that pointing people to Christ necessarily, sometimes, in the way that we do things. So, so here's, what, here's, here's what we got to do. Jesus said we're the light of the world, so here's what we got to do. We got to make sure that whatever we do, that we're communicating to people that we are a content people. That's my point. And you know what? And I don't need, and listen to me, and I don't need this. I don't need to get all these things to be happy. I don't need all the, I mean, if I get it, I'm blessed. If I got it, praise God. How many know God? How many? How many of you have been recipients of God's blessing? I have. Come on. And I take his. I say, Lord, thank you. But I know, like Job said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. And what did he say? Blessed be the what? Name of the Lord. In other words, I'm happy when I had it, but when I ain't got it, I'm still happy because I never put my hope and my faith. You know, some people, they lose stuff, they lose a little money, they lose a little this. Man, they will start talking about suicide. Now, I'm not being, this is not a laughing matter, because they have put a lot of stock in stuff. There are people who lost money in the stock market that have jumped off buildings. 
Why? Because they, we don't just do that. Come on, church. You don't just jump off building. It's because your hope and your trust was in that money. And when you lost it in the stock market, you was like, I ain't got nothing else to live for. So we got to be careful what we're communicating as a people. I just want us to think about it. I want us to think about this thing. See, lights must shine differently. We must shine humbly. We must shine contently. The Bible says, let men see your good works. Here's the question. What do they see in you? What are they seeing? Just a thought. I'm not here to judge anybody. You're your own person. You do whatever you feel like the Lord's leading you to do. But I'm just asking you, what message are you really sending? What are people seeing? Do they see you differently? Or do they see you just as unhappy and discontent as they are? And if they see you that way, why in the world would they want to come and be a Christian? Why do they want to come to church if you're just as miserable as I am? I'm just saying, right? You know, if I want to be free, I ain't going to go hang out with people who ain't free. Come on. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? See, if I want to go somewhere, I need to attach myself to wherever it is I want to what? Go. It makes sense, right? So going back to First Timothy here. So he says here, watch this. He, well, let, me, let me do this. So Matthew 6, 33. Y'all know this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. That's all he's saying. Seek first the kingdom. He says, okay, things will be added. So he's trying to get us to think. Don't worry about things too much. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat. How I many know things are the small stuff? Yeah, amen. And, and I've heard people, it's funny, because people, I've heard preachers do this, and they try to say that Jesus was rich. You ever hear, you ever hear those messages like that? You know, I've heard people even say, man, <laughs> they, they want to they wanna justify so badly, uh, you know, their own lust. They said, oh, even the very fabric. I heard one preacher preach a whole sermon on the fabric that Jesus wore. And the, and the whole point of the, of the message was to show that this fabric was a really, really, really expensive fabric. It was like, it was, you know, it was so expensive. I mean, it was really, it cost all, it cost so much. And, and, and you know, and, and I'm not, I'm just saying, I mean, obviously we put value in his garments because he was a Christ. But you understand, they, they, but they were coming at a whole different angle. And, and, and the whole point, and Jesus said this, foxes have holes, birds have nests, son of man have nowhere to lay his head. Uh, that's cold for, <laughs> I'm staying on the streets. I'm making it the best way. I'm not too worried. How many, it, it, but I've heard people try to pull up out of that. The Bible said Jesus was poor, but he became rich for us. How, but how many know he was poor as far as material things, but poor in spirit, he was loaded, full of the power and the glory of God. Loaded. Rich in God. How many know we need to be rich in God? Amen. First, we need to be rich in God. That's the whole point of this thing. We need to be rich in Him. So, going back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Being godly, watch this, in, in, in content is to be satisfied, not necessarily craving or wanting anything else, but hey, just being satisfied with where you are. He says, Godliness. With contentment is great gain. But how many know that in too many circles today, too many of our churches, we are preaching the gospel of prosperity? Now, let me, let me put, it, put it this way. What we're communicating to people is, you know, it's all about the stuff. How many know that we got to be careful in telling people that? We got to be careful because it's not just about, I mean, because then people think that all the, how many know that all the blessing of God ain't just about you getting a nicer car and a nice, a nice car and a nice house? 
Y'all don't want y'all don't want to hear the truth, do you? You know, there's another kind of blessing of God, having peace down on the inside. I think that's a blessing. Being content in your spirit. Being, I think that's a better blessing than houses and cars. But see, we relegate it. See, we, start, we say the blessing of God stops at the stuff that you get. Then, so then with the, so with the messages, if I don't get that stuff, then I'm not really what? So, so, so what? So now, so now we live in, a, in the society. So the preacher, they got, they got to preach, man. You got to get stuff, man, because God blessed me. And the whole ceremony is based on all the stuff that God gave you, and you're blessed. But what is the person who's sitting next beside you ain't got all that? So what are they? So watch they. So now they're going to be upset, discontent, because they feel like in order to get blessed, that they got to try to get what you got. And now they're discontent. They're unhappy, and, and, and they and because man, the real blessing of God is if, if, if I get stuff, and, and I don't have a lot of stuff. How many know that we misappropriated what the, what it really means to be blessed by God? See, having stuff is just a byproduct. That's not the end of it. Y'all see what I'm saying? You, you see what I'm saying? Thank God that He blessed us with nice cars, nice house. I praise God for that. But you, and, I, and I, I give. But how many know? I'm, I don't. It don't stop there for me. I want something greater because I know houses and cars. You know, it's funny. I was looking at my wife. Her mother died about three, four years ago, and you know, and I used to go to that house. I don't know, that house she lived at in Chesapeake, Deep Creek, and I'm thinking, man, and I. For many years, I've gone there, man. There's so much life. And, you know, I go back there now, and the house is gone, and it's as if it were never there. And so I go back, and I look, and I stand, I look. And so, yeah, you ever done that before? Somewhere, you know, you were little, and then you go back. And then you try to imagine what it was like. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So you try to imagine what it was like when it had everybody there. And it's like, but you're standing there, and it's just like, it was never there. How I many know that things one day are not going to be there? But what you have in God will be there forever. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Amen. Peace, joy, happiness, contentment will be there forever. And he says, watch, for we brought nothing into the world, Walter. We ain't brought nothing in the world. And he says, watch this. And for sure, you ain't taking nothing out. See, I'm just trying to keep us humble. I mean, ain't no need to put, let me know that you can put all this stuff. I mean, I've seen people die in the cast and they try to put their jury and all this stuff. How I many know it didn't, go, it didn't go with them? It stayed in the ground. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. You know, I'm being honest. You can't take that stuff with you. Not that, how I many know that, that it's only what's right, the works that we do in God is going to follow us into heaven. Amen. Treasure in heaven. So I'm just trying to get us to have the right perspective. That's all. I'm not trying to discourage you in getting stuff. Hopefully, I'll make you wiser. And hopefully, you have the right perspective. You know, I was I, one, another one of these personal testimonies, and I'm, I'm almost done here. But, you know, and then it got to a point, my wife and I, you know, because I was one of those back in the day, man, that, you know, they said, that's why I'm telling you, like I learned it. And, man, I jump on this stuff, and, these, you know, I jump on these loans, man, and you're paying it back. Then you realize, and you get a revelation, man, I paid a whole lot more than what this thing is worth. And then so we got to a point where I said, okay, so we had to learn. Everybody said learn. So it got to a point, man, there was sometimes, man, we only had, we got four kids. I only got, you know, about $500 for a whole Christmas. So baby, my baby, she come in. She said, how much we got? I said, we got 500 That's all we got. I said, make it work. And, you know, 
But uh, that, that one, that, that. I said, well, you know, this is what we got. Let me tell you something. We had to learn contentment. Am I right about it, baby? We had to learn it. We had to learn. And so what we do now is, I don't have no problem with Christmas, man. We always, look, if I got it, I'll bless you. If I don't have it, <laughs> I ain't going out. You know, you follow what I'm saying? Be because, because the devil is a lie. How many know the devil been ripping people off for a long time? And don't let the devil keep stealing from you. Don't let the lust of your flesh steal from you. Hey, work within your means. How many know, don't go, whatever God gave you, that's your lot. Just be wise with it. Save for it. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Lay it away in Jesus' name. <laughs> Nobody like lay away, right? Yeah, who do that anymore? <laughs> who does who does that anymore? Lay it away. I ain't lay it away. You just can't, you know, remember Kmart and Bradley's? He said, lay it away, man. You know, now it's Walmart now. So it's, it's so anyway. But then he says, having food. Watch this. This is the part the kids really like. Having food and clothing, be content. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of you right now say, hold up, Pastor. <laughs> he, says, he says, now look, let me know that God said he'll supply all your what? Boy, some of y'all, y'all don't want to hear this deal. Y'all want me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? He's therefore, and I mean, the scripture said that he said, having food and clothing, therefore, be content. He said, if that's all you got, if you can eat and you got some clothes to put on, well, what if it's the same, you know, I, I'm just saying, as a kid, I wore some of the same clothes sometimes, like I only had two pair of pants, I wore them every day to school. I swept from, from day to day. That's all I had. And as a kid, because I, I, I understood, and it was force taught me. I'm sure my mom didn't want it that way, but we just understood because we, we saw the handwriting on the wall. We broke. <laughs> we broke. So, so I had no expectations. So, man, as long as I got up in the morning, I had some clothes on. I had some drawers on. Y'all pardon my language. I had some shoes, and, and they weren't the best. They, some other stuff had holes in them, but you know what? Come on. I didn't know I was poor. I was still, I was all right. I was out there playing. I was fine. Nobody, I mean, I was fine. Unless a kid bothered me every now and then. It got really bad. But you follow what I'm saying? God wants us to be like that. You know, you know what? If when I got food and clothing, I'm all right. I'm content. I saw one of the young people that looked at me like, <laughs> cut their eyes at me. I know. I'm just reading the Bible, the word of God says. Somebody say, praise God. <laughs> the Bible said, the Bible said, it said, it said, the scripture said, some have strayed from the faith. It says some have strayed from the faith. Christians, let me know that because of this lust of things, people have strayed. In other words, they're not listening to sound doctrine no more. We got to be careful with that church. All I'm trying to say is, he says, and listen, listen to what he says in verse 11. He said, here's what, we, here's what we need to pursue. Here it is. Now watch this. Righteousness. Godliness. Faith. Patience. Gentleness. You notice, and none of those are materialistic things. Did you notice that? Did you hear that? He said, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, peace, and gentleness. He said, that's what you, he said, that's what we're to pursue. And that's where the real blessing comes in at. Are y'all hearing me, church, this morning? See. So watch, and I'm gonna give you concluding thoughts on guns. Paul said this, and I'm done. Paul says. 
I rejoice greatly in the Lord, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 and 13. He said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly now that at last your care for me has flourished again. Paul said, y'all were taking care of me. He said, man, I was struggling. He said, but y'all, the church boy, the church at Philippi, y'all helped me out. You know, I needed some money for the ministry to take care of myself. Y'all showed up. He said, you care. And, and man, we had an opportunity. You, you, you took it. He said, but Paul said in verse 11, he said, but not that I speak in regard to need. He said, for I have learned, watch this. Oh, my good. I have learned that whatever state I am, to be content. That's all. That's the point of it, right? So don't let your kids, uh, don't let people that you love be unhappy because they don't have things. Don't you be unhappy because you didn't get what you want. Just say, look, you know what? I'm content with whatever I got. So if you got a lot, praise him. If you got a little bit, praise him. If you got much, praise him. If you're rich, praise him. If you're poor, I didn't say poor. I said poor. Poor is worse than poor. <laughs> if you're poor, praise him. And that was, no matter what state I find myself, I'm at peace. Because it ain't had nothing to do with my external circumstances. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'll give you a peace that the world can't take away. But you have to take it. He can't force it to you. You got to take it, church. And we got to take it. So what we want to do this Christmas season, we want to establish, watch this, a tradition of contentment. And we're going to send that message. The Bible said, Hebrew 13, 5, let your conduct, your lifestyle be without covetousness. Don't be coveting other people's stuff. He said, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So essentially what he's saying is, he said, you got me. This is what Jesus said. You got me. And how do you know if you got Jesus, he'll take care of all of our needs. And he will bless you. He says, I will, he said, he said, be content with what you got. He said, because watch this. He said, because because I'm with you. I'm going to make sure. He said, I'm going to make sure I take care of you. That's why he said, I'll never leave you. No forsake. Just be, just chill out. Be content. Don't be whining. Don't be fussing in your spirit. Don't be all upset. Be at what? Rest. Uh, be at rest because I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you see this morning, every head is by your eyes closed. Hallelujah.